Hey folks and welcome to the Blue Light Podcast. This is the place to be to discover all you need to know about the police recruitment process. I'm Brendan from Blue Light and over the past several years I've been coaching and supporting people for the police recruitment process with a great deal of successes. Over four and a half thousand people now have achieved success in the police recruitment process as a result of my support. And before that, um, a couple of decades worth of supporting my sergeants and his, uh, my constables to succeed in promotion interviews, in specialist interviews, in the promotion boards. Um, so that's something I've been focusing on for a long time now. You're getting almost three decades worth of experience here. Oh my goodness. Anyway, today in this podcast, we're going to talk about values. So in the last one, we talked a little bit more about the competency and values framework and the sort of things that you need to be thinking about before you even put pen to paper in putting together your application form. And here's something else to start thinking about. Because what's really important to the police, more now than ever, are looking for people who've got the sort of right values, who can sort of plug into the force in terms of what's needed what, what values do they need you to have? Because this has such a massive impact on the police's legitimacy within communities. And I'll talk about that more in, in further podcasts down the road. But the important thing at the moment is knowing yourself and knowing more about yourself. And I'm going to show you in this video, in this, sorry, in this podcast, how to actually find out more about yourself. And it might be, it might be quite hurtful at times. It might be quite revealing might be quite cathartic but i think it's certainly worth doing because these are sort of things that you need to be acutely aware of if you are going to succeed in the process when you're going to be up in front of inspectors chief inspectors superintendents who are going to be interviewing you they're going to be looking for people who have certain values who can help move the force forwards in a very very positive way so one of the things we're going to look at here is uh, the values around impartiality, public service, integrity, and transparency. These are four big values from the competency and values framework. And similar to the previous podcast, I'd like you to start thinking about the timeline of your life up to now and all of those moments when you have demonstrated those values, impartiality, public service, transparency, integrity. And if you listen to this for the first time, and this is the first one you're listening to, there's a link in the blurb to the College of Policing Competency and Values Framework. Now, these are the things that you remember about your past where you might be thinking, yeah, I can remember doing that. I can remember demonstrating a time when I demonstrated integrity. I challenged someone's behaviour. But there may be something about you, there may be certain values that you have, certain things about your the way you go about doing things, your standards, that other people are aware of, but they don't want to tell you for fear of hurting your feelings. Because it might actually be something where you're not stepping up to the mark as much as you could do. But one of the things that the police really love uh, are people who reflect on past experiences and learn from them so they can develop themselves to be the best version of themselves that they can be. Now, that's a phrase I use a lot. and don't hear it much in the police service, but this is one of the things that I want you to strive to do, not just in the recruitment process, but when you're in the police, to be the best version of yourself you can be. I mean, that's just, you know, that's just such a fulfilling thing to want to strive towards. So finding out and discovering something about yourself is so important. Now, the way we're going to do this is we're going to 
uh, get a piece of paper and a pen. So if you've not got a piece of paper, a piece of A4 paper and a pen, if you've not got one now, just press pause for a moment, go and get one. Or if you're on the tube or driving a car or you're in Sainsbury's doing your shopping or whatever it might be, then of course you can't do that, but you can still imagine it in your mind's eye. If you're driving, no, don't. Save this one for later. Um, If you're driving, this probably isn't a good idea to be imagining things because before you know it, you'd be closing your eyes and crashing into something. I do not want that. So if you're driving or doing anything dangerous, operating any machinery, uh, this one isn't for you. Save it for later when you can sit back and relax and get a piece of paper and just start scribbling what I'm going to ask you to do now. So what I want you to do is uh, draw a rectangle on that piece of paper. Right, so just draw a rectangle. Now I'd like you to divide that rectangle into four rectangles. So draw one line from the top to the bottom in the middle and draw another line um, from the left to the right in the middle. So we've got four um, equal-sized rooms, if you like. Think of it like a, if you're looking down on a building that's got four rooms. Now, if you have a room of a building, they're going to have windows, and so what I'd like to do is to look at the very top of the building, the, uh, the, the part at the top of the page, the long part of the rectangle, and I'd like you to draw one window in each one of the boxes. Okay, one window in each one of the boxes. So the two top boxes should have a window that you look down into from the top of the page. So I hope you're with me on this one. Um, now I'd like you to move over to the left-hand side of the page, left-hand side of the rectangle, and draw a window into each one of the rooms that's on the left-hand side. So you should have two rooms at the top looking into each one of the rooms and two rooms at, on the left-hand side looking into each one of the rooms there. So the top room the top left hand room will have two windows one from the top and one from the side the top right hand room will have one window looking down the bottom uh, left hand room will have one window looking in from the side and the bottom right room will have no windows so what you've just drawn here is something that uh, as trainers in the police we got introduced to it's called jihari's windows now i don't know the background to this Uh, We used to joke that it was developed by two guys called Joe and Harry, and they weren't sure what to call it, so they called it Joe and Harry's Windows. And then before long, that just got shortened to Johari's Windows. I'm sure there's a big, deep inner uh, load of research behind it, but I just kind of like the nice, simple version. So just, just, you know, run with me on this one. So these are like windows into your soul. Think about these as windows into your soul. In the top left-hand room... These are all the values, all the things that you stand for that you know about yourself because you can see into that room and other people know about you because they can see into that room. If we move over to the room on the right-hand side, top right-hand side, only you can see into that room because you see from the top, other people see from the side. So only you can see into that room. These are the things that you know about yourself that you're not prepared to share. Well, you might be prepared to share it with some people when you build up a deep, meaningful relationship with them. But these are things about yourself that you may not want to share. So typically of my clients in the past have said things like, actually, I get really shy or I get really nervous in certain circumstances. Um, I've not really shared it with anyone before because these are the things that are just 
about you and you're just not prepared to share them just yet with the wider world. Now, here's the interesting room. The bottom left-hand corner, the bottom left-hand corner has just got one window and these are the things that people can see that you can't see because there's a wall in between those two rooms. So other people can see into this part of your soul, the person who you are, and they can see things about you which they are not willing to share with you to put in the top uh, left-hand corner. They're not prepared to move those things into that room by sharing those things with you. These are the things that you really want to find out about. These are your strengths, your weaknesses that you're not aware of. And people may not want to tell you for fear of hurting your feelings. Now, I've done this in the past and uh, I asked people to, especially my inspector colleagues, to tell me about what they really thought about me in terms of my values, my attitude, my behaviours and how it would really help me. And so please be blunt. Don't hold back. Don't pull your punches. Please share with me those things that you admire about me and those things that actually you don't want to tell me or you talk about behind my back because you don't want to hurt my feelings. And what came out actually did hurt my feelings, I've got to say. Um, it took me a little while to get over it. And I think the reason why it took a little while to get over it was because they were right. They were right. When I reflect back, they were right. So this was in my time as an inspector in Greater Manchester Police, uh, a time when uh, teams were kind of pitted against each other in performance league tables and targets. And it was well over a decade ago. It was target world. The police have moved on and matured beyond that now, I'd like to think. Um, so one of the things I used to do is try and find new and innovative ways of succeeding as a team uh, to make my, my community that I was a part of the best version of itself it could possibly be. And some of the innovation I came up with, so that was some of the feedback, is that you're very innovative and creative and you come up with all sorts of new ideas. Um, but also the other feedback, because that, that bit's nice, isn't it? I like that. The other feedback was, you're selfish. You're selfish. You come up with these things and you don't share them with us. You keep them to yourself. You keep them to your team. We might benefit from some of these things, but you don't share them with others. Selfish. Oh my goodness, that really hurt. That really hurt. That took me weeks to get over. And I wasn't quite sure what to say. You know, can you imagine being told that you're selfish? And they were right. The thing was, they were right. I wasn't sharing any of that good practice with them. And I apologised, and later on I discussed some of those ideas with them. Um, but I think it was probably a little bit too late at that point, because I'd been doing that selfish for years, and I was blissfully unaware. So that value, or lack of value that I had, I'm not sure if being selfish is a value, was something that moved from the bottom... Um, left-hand room to the top right-hand room. Sorry, the top uh, left-hand room. Uh, now was something that I was aware of that other people were aware of. So this is something I'd like you to do um, and record it in the journal I talked about in the previous podcast, is start really thinking about what you stand for. This isn't just about rattling off some of the, the values from the Code of Ethics or the Competency and Values Framework. Because you just sound like a robot who's just revised something from those documents. 
you need to talk about these things in your interviews um, with some strength, some conviction, some emotion. You know, I, I can I can remember now the inspector. I'm not going to say who they they were. Actually, it's two of them telling me this, telling me that they thought I was selfish. I can still remember it now. It's such a vivid moment in my life. Um, and even just talking about it now just takes me back and it hurts a little bit. So these are precious moments in your time. They make you who you are and they give you depth as well. So when you can talk about these things in your final interview, especially, then you're going to demonstrate this incredible depth to the interviewer. You're going to demonstrate that you're not the perfect package. You're going to demonstrate that you've done far more than other candidates to develop yourself and find out about yourself, what you stand for, what's important to you, what values are important to you, what would you stand by? Because this makes you a strong character and the police are looking for strong characters. Actually, I think they're looking for more than that. They're looking for the stronger character because strong characters can stand up for themselves but the stronger characters, the ones that are self-aware, the ones that know what they stand for and why, and not just because it's in the competency and values framework or the code of ethics, because it's in their DNA. It's because of who they are. This is what makes them very special police officers. These are the stronger characters. Because strong characters stand up for themselves, the stronger characters stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. And that is at the very heart of... Um, the principles and the values that the police service are there for. So a lot to reflect on there, folks. Um, and I think now we've gone through some of that preparation for the preparation phase, we're in a position now in the next set of podcasts to start talking about the application process. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the four initial podcasts, uh, which very much focus on preparing for the preparation to join the police. We've talked a lot about um, the mindset that you need to have to succeed. We've talked a lot about the competency and values framework and the markers in your life that you're going to start thinking about and reflecting on and recording so you can utilise those as evidence in the recruitment process. And in this one, we took a look at your values, who you are, what you stand for, how other people see you. These are incredibly powerful things, should you record them, and I hope you do choose to record these things, reflect on them, put them in your journal. I absolutely promise you that when it comes to your final interview, this will pay dividends. Or even if you're applying for a force that just has the Day One or the National Search Assessment Centre, this will pay absolute dividends because you are going to get asked questions about integrity, the code of ethics. You are going to get asked questions that reflect on your values you are going to get asked questions about things like legitimacy uh, community engagement and the importance of um, those aspects of policing more about that in later podcasts um, but i hope you found this incredibly useful um, remember you know i've got this almost three decades worth of experience here that i'm sharing with you in a way that's meaningful in a way that's directed towards the police recruitment process I spent all my career developing myself, not just waiting for courses to happen in the police service. I've done courses, I've developed myself, I've done things outside of the police service. I'm taking all of that and I'm sharing it with you in this meaningful, structured, detailed 
and deep way to enable you to join that four and a half thousand people who have already succeeded. This is about having the most successful, amazing and fulfilling career. This is where it starts, folks. I shall see you at the next, or I'll hope you listen to me at the next podcast. I'm not going to see you at all, am I? But um, um, I shall uh, look forward to actually meeting you in the Facebook groups or in person at my seminars or one-to-ones or in my webinars. Um, uh, I hope you join me for the next set of podcasts. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now.